1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio
0: Network, its staff, and management.
2: This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win, you need an edge. You'll find that edge
1: in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom.
2: Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room.
1: Now... Here is your host Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you on Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by the Business Locker Room, also by Rehearsal VRP. The good guys over there, Derek Popa and Jeff Curless and the guys. Special thanks to them for being our title sponsor here on the show. Great to have them. It's a fantastic tool, something if you have salespeople you need to be using. We're going to talk more about it as we roll into the show. Thank you for joining us. If you're on Blab thanks for joining us on video if you're on voice america we're doing it live as well or maybe you're listening to the podcast it is great to have you it's biz lucker radio the compelling conversation show hey useful content compelling conversations the kinds of things you're going to get on a daily basis or weekly basis from us that you can use on a daily basis the kind of techniques and tools and ideas that'll make a difference in your sales performance if this is if you're the guy a person who owns a business you sell a product you manage a team You lead a company, this is definitely the show for you. The kinds of experts we have here on Biz Locker Radio, absolutely phenomenal, as uh, you will see today, illustrated by my good friend Anthony Anarino. I finally got his name right. That's the cool thing. He's got way too many vowels. (laughs) Way too many vowels in his deal. But hey, a little bit later, we're going to have Miles Austin. He always joins us. He's in a bit of a funk today. Of course, he lives in Seattle. The Seahawks took it on the chin over the weekend, but We'll see if we can get through it. He's got a great new tool for us to look at. I'm excited about doing that. Really excited about a conversation with my guest today, as Anthony joins us for the second time. And originally, we had talked about uh, talking about his new book. That's been pushed back a ways. He's got some cool things happening in terms of writing a book. We'll get some details on that. But we're here to talk sales. He's an international speaker, author, sales leader, and has been posting daily tips to his blog, thesalesblog.com. Since 2009, Anthony, how many blog posts is that? By the way, you have any uh, ideas?
3: Yeah, I think it's
1: it's pretty close to 2,500 now. <laughs> wow, 2,500 blog posts. Uh, and you've uh, before we get started and, and start talking shop, let's talk about virtual sales kickoff. You got a really great event that's lined up for this week. You're teamed up with some powerhouse players, and you guys are giving away an enormous amount of value. Fill in some of the blanks for me. What, what's interesting about
3: this is you know all these guys, and you've had a lot of them on the show. We, we got together and started just having a mastermind meeting. I mean, that's how we got together. And while we were on one of these calls, I said, look, I own virtualsaleskickoff.com. Let, let
1: me stop you for a second, Anthony. Sure. Uh, we're not catching your audio on Blab. You didn't mute yourself on Blab, did you? no I'm not muted on blab now a million dollar bill says hey'm I'm not I'm not getting you on blab anyway well, well we'll keep rolling sorry about that so you're right I've actually had all of these guys on the radio show and uh, sometime back you guys all kind of joined together right I, I think that uh, yeah you've had everybody and you'll you'll probably have
3: them all around again but while we were we were talking I said uh, I own this virtual sales kickoff.com and the thing is I get emails every day from people who say, how do I come and see you speak? How do I attend one of your events? And and like everybody in our space, they're private. I mean, some company paid to have us come in, and you can't just say, hey, I'd like to invite a invite hundred of my friends to show up at your event. You know, <laughs> it's not, not going to work. And I said, but we should do something for people so that they get the same uh, experience that other people do. They get a chance to come and learn and, and spend time with us. So. I thought, how do we do that? So virtual sales kickoff, I said, what do you think about doing it? And immediately, every one of those guys, they were in. They're like, let's do it. And we, we started off, I think we had a couple thousand people, and I think that was last year. This year, we're, we're over 5,000 people signed up, and I think we'll get really close to 6,000 people for Wednesday's virtual sales kickoff. It's me. It's Jeb Blunt. It's our own Miles Austin, uh, which everyone in your audience knows well by sure. now. Uh, it's Mike Weinberg. It's Mark
1: Hunter and it's John Spence, so it's a really it's a really good show. Man, I, I, I tell you what, in, in terms of credibility, I don't think you can get any better than the crew you put together. That's an incredible array of guests, and I know that uh, from talking with Miles, we talked about <laughs> the VSK last week on the show. I, I know you guys are going to bring a ton, a ton of value, so let's tell people where they can go. If they're just now hearing about it for the first time, how can they sign up?
3: VirtualSalesKickoff.com. When you sign up, you're immediately going to be brought to a page that gives you nine ebooks, and I mean an estimated five hundred dollars worth of value there. And uh, the interesting thing about here is the challenge for us. Every time we do one of these webinars, we've set the bar that no one's allowed to bring slides, no one's allowed to pitch anything. I mean, there's no pitch on these things. You just have to give people value right out of the gate. You need to right. give the ideas away. And so that's the standard that we hold ourselves to. So you're not going to be pitched. We're not going to send you somewhere else afterwards. You show up. We're going to treat you like you are in our audience. We're going to give you value that you can put to work immediately.
1: Yeah, that's great stuff, man. Anthony Anarito is my guest. And uh, great to have him on board. We're going to talk uh, in the second segment about the new book he's got coming down the road. He signed a nice book deal. He's got some things coming. I think you're going to enjoy. But before we do that, let's talk shop. Let's talk sales. I'm going to put you on the spot, Anthony. Um, anybody that knows you, has seen you speak, has seen your videos online, has seen the kind of work that you do. I mean, you're polished. You're a pro. You're you're incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, you're a treat to listen to. But I, I'm going to ask you to to reflect on what you do very specifically. Why is it in your mind, that you are as popular as you are? What what do you what do you share with people that compels them to want to tell more people about you and the experience that they have with you? Well, the, before
3: we get to that, I need to have you call my wife and say all those nice things about me. That would be really <laughs> helpful for me if you could yeah. do that because
1: the opinions vary widely, you know? <laughs> well, hey, like, like all consultants, uh, I can do that for a fee. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: worth it. Whatever that fee is, I'll take sure. it. Uh, you know, I'd, here, here's how I came to this. I, I started writing in 2009, and I just decided I'm going to share everything I can with people. I'm going to create value. And I was watching two people do this. I was watching Chris Brogan, who every day just shared. And, I mean, the best idea he had, he shared it. He would give it away. And, in fact, I've asked him for his ideas. I've said, can I, can I copy your newsletter? And he said, sure. And, I mean, I said, exactly, like down to the font. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, I don't know what the font is, but you can call Rob and, and you can do that. I mean, that that's just how giving he was with value, just like take it. And and Seth Godin, I mean, Seth Godin, I've written for six years. He must be at 11 years of, of hosting daily. Now, some of Seth's ideas aren't as how-to as what I write. And I think some of them are more uh, intellectual than some of mine. Mine are s- sort of just how to do this, which... And I I think that that's the thing. If you show up, you know I'm going to try to give you something of value. And it's probably going to be very fundamental and how-to so you can put it to use right away. And I think that the people that show up, and I get about 100,000 page views a month, that's a lot for somebody who writes in sales, not not as many as some other people. But I think that that's why they're showing up is because you know you're going to get something that you can use or else you don't come back.
1: When you've written 2,500 blog posts and you share all the things that you do, do do you find yourself going back and beginning to repeat things or come at them from different ways? I mean, surely there's not 2500 separate disparate subjects that you can deal with on a blog post.
0: No,
3: I mean I repeat a lot of the same themes and it's really interesting because some of the work I do where I'm I'm with customers, clients doesn't show up on the blog. And so I went and I was working on a project over the weekend and I decided I'll pull all of the blog posts I've I've written about nurturing your dream clients. There's only like three of them. And it feels like I'm talking about it all the time because it's weaved into a whole bunch of other things. Sure, But the how-to part, there's only three posts, maybe two, and only one of them is probably really going to give you something useful that you could actually figure out what to do with it. And I'm thinking that's a real gap. But, yeah, you, you find themes. And I've had people come to me and say, Well, as soon as I figure out what my voice is, I'll start writing like that. And I'm like, no, you start writing like that because that's how you figure out what your voice is. It works the other way. You have to start writing. And then themes will emerge. You'll find yourself like, I'm really hot on this idea, and it shows up. And I I think that's the way that it would work better for most people. Don't wait. I mean, you have something to share. You have a voice. You have a gift. But you won't know what it is until you start getting it out there. It's
1: episode number 85 of the Business Locker Room. We call it Biz Locker Radio. It's brought to you by the Business Locker Room, which is, of course, my company. I'm Kelly Riggs, I'm your host, and also by Rehearsal VRP. What a great product! We'll talk more about it later in the show. You know, it's interesting that, that, that I've had a lot of guests, Anthony, on the show recently talking about social media, social selling. You're just killing it on the social media side. But how, how do you feel about the terminology that we throw around social? Selling is it selling? Is it marketing? Is it is it just a tool that we use in selling? How do you look at it? Because clearly you're doing it the right way. It's not selling. I mean, it's a lot of things, but it's not selling.
3: I've got half a blog post in my app called Ulysses that I write everything in, and it's called uh, "Don't Social Sell Me, Bro." I mean, (laughs) it it is. It's the worst and most clumsy medium for sales ever. I mean, I (laughs) I connect with somebody on Twitter, I follow them, and immediately. I get a direct message that says, you know, I was looking at your profile. I help people with website designs, would love to have 20 minutes of your time. I mean, there's no kind of connection at all, which social allows you to do. It allows you to be social and develop a connection first, but they're going right into it. And, and, and may God have mercy on your soul if you <laughs> accept the LinkedIn invitation, because you know within four minutes you're going to get pitched on another email like right after you take the the, the, <laughs> the request, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work that way. I would say it's above the funnel. I mean that's where social belongs. It's above the funnel. It's a chance to nurture, develop relationships, build your thought leadership and become established. But as a sales tool, it's rather clumsy and it doesn't work very well. And the people who love it hate the phone and the phone is a lot more... Because we can have a two-way conversation, it's interactive, and I have a chance to actually do something. So I think it's it's social media and it's marketing. It's not sales. We're not selling. Uh, and if you are trying to sell, it looks awful.
1: Yeah. It's a, it, to me, it, it's like walking up to a beautiful woman on the street, meeting her for the first time, never seen her before in your life, and walking up and saying, holy cow, you're beautiful. Want to get married? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Really? <clears throat> It's pretty amazing. But, but I'm like you. Uh, in the past week, I've been uh, solicited, cold call solicited. By the way, Anthony, your communications are probably like mine. They know everything about you. They, they, they realize that you need them so badly. They've researched your company, and in actuality, it's yeah. just a template email. But I've been I, I, SEO, website design, graphic design. Uh, do you make $100,000 yet? We can help you with that. Uh, all, I mean, just in the past few days, it's just, it's just gotten incredibly crazy. How, how it- many
3: phone calls, Kelly? Zero. Zip. Zero. Zero phone calls. Nothing. I, I got two phone calls last year. And, and I have a business. I mean, I have a business where I buy things. I've had two phone calls. And I, if you really want to differentiate yourself and distinguish yourself as a salesperson, Pick up the telephone, man. There's nobody calling. Your call's going to get through. People are answering the phone again. They don't <laughs> yeah. expect salespeople
1: to call because we stopped calling. Yeah, we, we never thought we'd be saying that again, did we, as no. salespeople? Okay, tactic number one, pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's <right. laughs> well, pretty amazing. Hey, if you're just joining us on Blab or if you're live on Voice America or listening to the podcast, my guest, Anthony Anarino, and you can find him on Twitter at i a N-N-A-R-I-N-O, I Uh, I think I got that right, at uh, thesalesblog.com, and and it's not like he doesn't have like 600,000 followers or some nonsensical number, but you can join in and be a part of the program as well, be a part of his dialogue. I'm subscribed to his weekly article, his weekly blog that comes directly to my inbox, and I can tell you the, the quality there is phenomenal. I don't follow very many people uh, in that regard, Anthony. I really appreciate the way you look at things and the way you see things. Let's talk, uh, let's talk technically about sales. From my perspective, talking to the people that I, that I see on a regular basis, it seems like people just don't hire well. We're, we're really satisfied with, with people with a pulse. Maybe they've had a sales job. Maybe they've had a little bit of success. It does, doesn't seem to me that we even get out of the gate very well because we're not hiring good salespeople. How do you feel about that?
3: I I think that's right. I mean, and this sort of leads us to the conversation about the book. And the book, it was called 17 Elements, but it's not going to be called that anymore. Basically, what I did with that book is I figured out there are nine attributes that a salesperson needs to have to succeed. And there's eight skills. And the attributes start with things like self-discipline and optimism or a good attitude it resourcefulness, competitiveness, initiative, communication Jason skills, skills. The, willingness the willingness to be accountable for for results. I mean, so there's all these attributes that exist. We don't check any of those when we're in an interview. And uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, my favorite interview question to ask. Well, Mike Weinberg told me his favorite interview question. I like his a lot better than mine. It's let me see a picture of your wife, uh, and that gives you some idea of how good of a salesperson uh, a man might be. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty good. Mine, mine is, what's the one thing that I'm going to struggle with with you? What's the argument that we're going to continue to have that's going to frustrate me? And I'll tell you what you're going to have as a problem with me. And let's get the biggest problem that we're going to have together on the table to see if we can work through it together. And I've had salespeople say to me in an interview, I hate prospecting. I hate it. I wish somebody else would book my appointments for me. And I know immediately we have irreconcilable differences. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that we're going to do to get through that together. And, and so there's no reason for me to hire that person. And then I have people who have been taught for a, a long time to say something like, <clears throat> my greatest weakness is I wish I was more organized. Yeah. And I'll say, so do you lack discipline in other areas of your life or is it just around organization when it, as it pertains to work? And, and, and they're like, well, I, I didn't think of it that way. But that's what you're telling me. You're telling me that uh, you, you don't have discipline enough to be organized and to take care of your stuff. They thought that was a safe answer. I make it unsafe because I really want to get to the root. And, and hiring salespeople is tricky. They need to have the attributes and the mindset first and the communication skills. We can teach salespeople all the things they need after that. We can teach them how to prospect, we can teach them how to open a sales call, we can teach them how to create value if they have the other parts right. So the first half of the book is just attributes, and we, but we can't teach them the attributes. I mean, if they they don't have a competitive nature, if they're not resourceful, if they don't take initiative, I mean, I can tell you how to fix that yourself in the book, but it's hard for a company to fix that for you. First off, they'd have to recognize it in you. Second off, they'd have to feel like it's their responsibility. So this book is a guide for the salesperson to say, I can fix the things that are broken in me so that I can go from a B player to an A player, or a C player to an A player, as the case may be.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, the interesting thing about it is, we're going to take a break here in just a second, Anthony, pay some bills, but the interesting thing about it is... What I'm seeing is that because we don't allow people to fail as much in society anymore, especially when they're kids at a younger age, early in their careers, they've not had to get up and dust themselves off. They've not had to plow through obstacles and hurdles. They've not had to struggle. Uh, They typically run from the struggle or, or they're saved from the struggle. You know, that's where we get all the terminology like helicopter moms and things like that. And I think it's having a dramatic impact on people's Uh, discipline upon uh, their ability to overcome adversity. Do you you think that's a fair observation? It's a a fair
3: observation, and I'll tell you, just like with my son, he was in band, and he was accused of doing something um, that he didn't do, and it meant that while the band his freshman year got to go and get pizza and hang out at halftime, he had to stay on the stands by himself, and he was outraged that he was falsely accused. And I said, listen, dude, you can cry or you can do whatever you want or you can just man up. And I said, if you're going to be a man, you walk up to the director, you look him in the eye and you say, sir, I know that you think I did this, but I didn't. And if, if I can't convince you of that, I'll go and sit back down. But I want you to know that I didn't disrespect you and I wouldn't. And uh, if, if that happened and I did something like that, I apologize, but I want you to know I wouldn't do that. And he walked up at, at 13 years old and looked the director in the eye. And uh, he sent him over to get with his friends and go get pizza and do the other thing. And I mean, that's the kind of situation you want to put kids in because they need to deal with adversity and having to act like grownups. And you can pow and you can whine and you, you can say that guy's a jerk and I hate him. Or you can just go look him in the eye like a man and talk it through with them. And what I've done with my kids so that they don't end up with that, what what you described is this unwillingness to go into situations where they're going to have Adversity and conflict. I mean, and my kids are growing up way better than I did. So I keep teaching them the great adversity that you have in your life is that you've had no adversity. So I have to drop
1: you into situations because you don't have that. Yeah, that's 100% right. Hey, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back on the other side. Much more of this. We've got some questions from the Blab audience, and we'll explore more about sales and how we can make you a better salesperson. Yeah, today, get some techniques, some things that's going to help your sales career immediately. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host, and this is Biz Locker Radio. We'll be right back after this timeout.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time national salesperson of the year to Speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit
1: bizlockerroom.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
2: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
1: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back. Great to have you on Biz Locker Radio. Again, brought to you by The Business Locker Room, also by Rehearsal, VRP. Great to have you on board. Anthony Anarino is my – Anarino. Gosh, it's, it, I'm sorry. I can't get the I and the A thing working. Anthony Anarino is my guest. And uh, he is one of the extraordinarily well-known sales personalities in the industry. You can find his stuff if you don't already know this at the Sales Blog. And if you're in sales and you're not tracking Anthony, then you're not learning everything that you need to. I can assure you of that. Hey, we talked about hiring before the break, Anthony. And, and there's some questions out there about what what keeps people from hiring the way they should. And are are, are managers? Let me ask you: You think managers are lazy? Are they untrained? Do they just not have? Uh, what it takes to be good hiring managers, where do you come down on that?
3: It's gonna be, I mean, it's all over the map, right? I mean, normally that's, the different people have different challenges with hiring. I'll tell you generally what I would say the biggest problem with sales managers and hiring is, is that they have an empty seat. And so you're looking at, maybe I have a headcount of seven, and right. I'm down two people. And if everybody's got a $2 million quota, I'm looking at $4 million gap that I gotta to try to cover with the other five. Right. And so I've got to put somebody in that seat. So I'm going to use the shortcut of saying this person's got experience or they've got industry experience, so I need to put somebody in that seat, and it just means I solve my problem faster. Because the longer I go through that year without somebody in that seat, the, the bigger hole I have to try to, to dig out of, right? And, I mean, that, that's the challenge that they have. So I think it's a lot of shortcuts. And and then there are some people on the other side who hire poorly, because they they have to get what they consider to be an A player. And so they're they're waiting, and they're waiting for somebody who totally distinguishes themselves in the field. And I look at that, and I think that that's wrong, too. You know, you need some plow horses. You don't need all show horses. You need some people who are going to show up and do the work every day. And they may not have uh, the suit and the watch and the shoes and the smile and, and that whole thing that you think you want from them. But you, you're hiring I mean, this is my general rule, Kelly. You're hiring for your customers, not for you. Right. You're hiring somebody that's going to create value for your customers. So you look at them and say, I don't know about this guy, but what are your customers going to think? If that's the right person, if that's the right man or woman for them, that's the person that they're going to like working with and they're going to buy from.
1: That's what you're trying to figure out how to hire. Yeah, no doubt about it. I hear you saying a couple of things. First off, I hear you saying that the average sales manager is guilty of not being in the hiring mode all the time. I think that's a oh, cr- yeah mistake You know, they, they, if, if you're not looking for talent all the time, then you've got a problem. The other thing I hear you saying is, I'm looking to hire somebody fully formed that can do the job, and that minimizes my role as the coach, Anthony, and, and a, clearly a, a sales manager has got to be able to teach, train, develop, and you're right. I mean, we, you, I, good sales managers, they can teach and train their people in the tactics and the techniques that they use, but if they're waiting on a fully formed salesperson, well, they're really leaving a lot of their their... Future revenue up in up in the air somewhere. I agree completely. I mean, if you if you're waiting, you're you're going to wait a long time. Yeah, no no question about. It. Well, let's, let's talk about sales then. Let's talk very technically about salespeople. I know you spend a lot of time with them, and you're you're out there and you run a company with salespeople. And all, what what's the single biggest challenge? With salespeople, what's the big mistake that they're making? That right off the bat, if you could change one thing, this would be the thing that you would change, and it would make a difference in their outcomes. You know, I did this video on uh, YouTube a couple weeks ago.
3: There, they've been taught. Many salespeople have been taught to to love their company and love their product, and so they're entering up what I call level one. They're all about the product. They're about features and benefits. And to the customer, it's totally transactional. It makes you a commodity. And it's really hard for you to differentiate yourself. You look and sound like everybody else. Sure. So I talk about level four, which is coming in at the strategic end of the conversation. And when you come in and you're going to be strategic, there's nothing for you to talk about as it pertains to your product, your service, or your solution. It's all about what are the big trends in the industry? What are the big trends in the customers' in, uh, industry? What are the biggest goals and challenges that they're, they're tackling? And then... This, this idea of dormant dissatisfaction or the things that they don't know that they should be upset or unhappy about. I mean, that's where the action is coming in consultively and saying, here's the things that you're going to need to be prepared to deal with in the future. When you come in from four, you get treated like a peer, like a trusted advisor, like a consultant. And when you come in at one, you get perceived as a transactional commodity salesperson. And so you don't have a lot to offer. So people don't spend a lot of time with you. And I think the challenge is, is why do we have trouble getting appointments? Because you're not saying anything that's relevant for the person that you're calling on. And why do I have trouble compelling people to change? You're not talking about change. You're talking about swapping out your product for somebody else's product that looks a lot like yours. You're not a change agent. You're, you're just a person who peddles a product. And salespeople now, I mean, the, you still need all the things that we would call sales acumen. I still need to know how to ask for and gain commitments. I still need to know how to overcome objections and resolve concerns i still need to know lots of ways to prospect but you also need to know business i mean you've got to have some jobs and you've got to be a peer and that's the part where salespeople are really struggling is that they they don't think enough they don't spend enough time their company doesn't spend enough time on the growth in that area to say i need to raise their level of value that they create for the customer that's where the action is right now how do i make that salesperson more valuable for that customer because I, I said this two minutes ago you're hiring and you're training and you're coaching that person for the customer, that's who they're creating the value for. So, the more you arm them to, to do that, the better they produce.
1: Well, yeah, see, now if I'm listening to the broadcast and, I, and I'm new or I'm young, I'm thinking, well, I'm screwed. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just my first or second sales job, I'm in my 20s. Uh, I'm I'm in a brand new job. I have no experience. My my background is thin. Uh, How long is it going to take me to get with the program? Am I going to have to be a product pusher for a certain amount of time? How do you talk to somebody like that? I I would say that um, you're you're guilty
3: of being dumb. You're you're stupid, but you don't have to stay that way. And how long you stay that way is completely up to you. I mean, we're we're all. I mean, the, the the thing the thing about being a human being. We're the only animal on earth that isn't born knowing how to do everything it has to do to be successful in life. Like a lion, lions don't have to go to school or lion training to understand how to be a lion. But a human being has to learn everything. Every human being starts at zero, even though we have all this knowledge. So how fast you acquire that knowledge is 100% up to you. You can read books. You can read magazines. You can come out here to blab and watch two two guys that are not challenged and weighted down by f- hair follicles, you know, which makes us a lot, you know, faster at getting smart. Uh, you you can go and study. You can read blog posts. You can get people to mentor you. You can do all these things, and you can bend the learning curve as steeply in your direction as you want to. It's a hundred percent your decision. All you have to do is start taking action on it. So all of us start out with no knowledge. It's how fast do you want to acquire, it? and I would say, the more you take control of it, and you don't, you don't do what people in our age group uh, would have done, Cali, where we would have expected the company's going to train me, and it's their responsibility.
1: Yeah. It's no one's responsibility but yours, and you can get it as fast as you want it. There it is. I, you know, I think that is the most pervasive attitude that i see in business today is every every employee even managers mid management level are laying back and saying the company won't do this and the company won't do that and i can't get training and i'm like what well, hang on a second what's preventing you from getting training if there's one advantage that you have that we never had when i started you've got the world at your fingertips i mean there's literally nothing you cannot learn and there are people like yourself out there giving away tons of knowledge Introductory knowledge, absolutely for free. There are books everywhere. You know, in the final analysis, Anthony, it, it, gosh, talk about being blunt. People are just soft. I mean, it's yeah. just that simple. I want everybody to do it for me. Yeah, and and
3: that that's exactly the attitude that keeps you uh, as a, at best mediocre as as a salesperson, as a business person. I mean, as a person, as a human being. I mean, you constantly have to grow. The, the knowledge that the human race has acquired now doubles less than every five years. I mean, we're all falling hopelessly and helplessly behind. But in your subject matter, your, your domain, you, you can become a leader in your domain in a couple years. I mean, it, it doesn't take you long. If you read uh, a book every couple weeks, if you read the journals, if you go out and mark some websites and ask people to teach you, I remember being a young salesperson, and at the time, Kelly, I had hair down to my waist, if you can believe that. But I, I wore a tie and a suit, and uh, I would go to my customers, and they would say things like, "You know, the most important thing for us is is increasing the throughput, and and being able to to reduce the unit cost on this and this other thing." And I'm like 23 or 24 years old, and I'm like, "What? What does throughput mean? Explain <laughs> to me what that means. What? I don't understand what you're saying." And they would go, "Oh, come here." and I'll show you, and then let me walk you through the report so we can show you what this is. And my customers would actually teach me their business. And then yep. I would go to another customer yep. that looks like that one, and I'd say, hey, I would bet that the biggest issue for you right now is throughput and unit cost. Is that right? And they would go, yeah, that's exactly what we're focused on. <laughs> I might have just, <laughs> just learned that two that
0: weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, it's, it's interesting because it, it's totally counterintuitive. One of the hardest things to get young salespeople to understand is, If you're a salesperson, a business owner or your clients, your customers, potential opportunities, they know you don't know much. So for you to go out and act like you know a bunch of things is stupid. I mean, it's just going to make you look arrogant or clueless. The, The right thing to do is to do exactly what you said. You know what? I don't know the answer to that give me a little bit and I'll find out and I'll be your guy. But uh, no, I, at this point in time, I can't answer that question. Most people think that that gives away their credibility and they don't realize it counterintuitively acting like they do know is what gives away their credibility because people on the other side aren't stupid.
3: Yeah, no, they're not. And you know, if you're wrong and you say something like, I think the big issue for you right now is throughput and they might go, actually it's not, it's uh, it's this thing. And you go, well, explain that to me how, how's that impacting you
1: and your world? Teach it to me. And they'll, they'll share it with you. They don't have any problem. They want somebody who cares enough to learn their business. Absolutely right. When I, when I first got started, I can remember some of the old savvy buyers would say, uh, hey, you're just another guy on the street. I've seen hundreds like you. Uh, if you're still here in six months, we'll have a conversation. You know, so I had to call on them for six months recognizing that there was absolutely no ground that I was going to be able to cover with them, except that that wasn't true. They were used to guys walking in and delivering a box of donuts and a nice joke and a business card. And when you do start delivering value, Anthony, things dramatic things start to happen. It still, may take a while for you to get on your feet, but the only way to go about making sales calls is to deliver value every time you walk in the door. Otherwise, you're just wasting people's time. You know that because you own a business. You have to you have to deal with salespeople too, don't you? I do. You know what's funny is we used to
3: have a client in that business where our competitor every Friday would take a couple boxes of donuts to the client's office. I mean that, that was their approach and the client would call us and have us come out and go pick up the donuts so we could give them to our staff. I mean and that, that's what donuts get you. I mean you're, you're not perceived as a serious person. I know people who have one business with donuts so I don't discount it. I mean the fact that they keep coming back, you're right, about the six months I think you're going to go away so there's something to be said for persistence. But if that's all you've got, if all you've got is a box of donuts, I think I'm going to have to write that as a blog post now. Yeah. If, if all I'm you've sure. got is a box of donuts, you're you're not going to do well.
1: Uh, Anthony Anarino, you can find him on Twitter at, at you know, I A N N A R I N O, at Anarino. Yeah, I keep saying Anarino. I'm never going to quit doing that, I guess. And he writes thesalesblog.com. Picked that one up way back in 09. Has written 2,500 blog posts. You need to make sure you find him. Thanks for joining us here on BizLocker Radio. Uh, In in terms of selling, you have not yet written your book, and I'm going to talk about it before we get out of here. You've got a a book coming down the road. You had a title. Now you've put it off, and you can explain all that to us. But if you were going to point someone somewhere other than yourself, and and that may be difficult, but but, uh, humbly speaking, if you were pointing them somewhere else, someone else's uh, book in particular, to learn more about selling. Is there, is there any particular author that you like? There's a bunch. I mean, the, the, there's a couple things. So let me say first
3: off, your books. Great. They, they should read your books. Mike Weinberg's books. I mean, uh, both. It, New Sales Simplified. Uh, Jeb Blunt's Fanatical Prospecting right now. Mar- Mark Hunter's uh, High Profit Selling. A great book. Uh, John Spence, Awesomely Simple. That's going to take you outside of the sales arena and into how do businesses work? I mean, what Crazy. are you thinking about with execution and leadership? Those are great things to read. I, I would also tell you, there's if, if you want to be thoughtful and, and you want to have greater depth as a salesperson, read outside of that domain. I mean, get outside of sales. Read those books, but then read other books like read Malcolm Gladwell's books. I mean, oh. read, read Blank. Uh, read outliers, read those because these are popular things that other people are reading and you'll have, you'll be more conversational. You'll, you'll know things. Uh, I, I'm, I'm way, way down the path on, on Ken Wilber stuff. Nobody knows Ken Wilber, a developmental, de- developmental psychologist who's developed a map of the entire universe and human consciousness. I mean, he's the guy that people like Anthony Robbins go sit down and study with because Ken is so far ahead of understanding how people get stuck in in certain levels of development. And if you're a coach or a trainer or somebody who speaks to people like I do, helping people transform is important. So you go and find people who know the keys to that and you figure out how to do it. Um, John Cotter's books on change, even if you want to get a, a book of cartoons about penguins called uh, Our Iceberg is Melting, that book will help you understand the different personalities that are resisting change and how that works inside a company and in a sort of a parable that's absolutely worth your time but all those kinds of things will help you to to have a greater knowledge and a greater understanding of what's going on and how to how to work inside uh companies that need to change and if you're in sales really that's what we do we help people change
1: yeah no doubt about it i would add uh, a book from a good Yes, that I've had on the show a couple of times, Oren Cloth, pitch anything. He gets into the psychology and the brain matter in terms of how it impacts interactions with people. Great book as well. You mentioned Leading Change. I can tell you that in terms of working with my clients, that book and the companion book, Our Iceberg is Melting, is absolutely critical. Most people don't manage change well, Anthony. And, um, boy, you want to talk about picking up resistance across the organization. That will certainly do it. Well, you've got a book coming. That you had called 17 Elements originally when we scheduled you for this episode. We were going to talk about it. Tell us about that book and when we can expect to see it and what kind of form will it take down the road. Okay, so that book is completely written. It's, it's done. It's been done for uh,
3: about four months. Uh, okay. I paid. I had it edited myself. It's 55,000 words. It's 19 chapters. Each chapter stands alone, which is really interesting. And I had the uh, people from Portfolio reach out to me and say, Why well, haven't you written a book? And I said, Well, I have, and I'm publishing it in January. And this was in December. And they said, Well, how many are you going to sell? And I said, I'm going to sell, I, I think I'm going to sell quite a few books. And uh, they said, Well, if you sell that many books, we would talk to you about your next book. And I said, Well, that's great. And I said, Do you have any ideas about how I should sell this book? And they said, Yeah, we hate your title. You know, that's not good. <laughs> and then you should probably <laughs> think not about compelling. these things. <laughs> And I said, well, okay. I said, that's good advice. I'll take it you've sold a lot of books and I haven't. I said, do "You want to? I said, if you want to read the book, I'll send you the book. And then you can read the book. And then you can tell me what you think I ought to do with it. I still have four weeks before the publication date so I can still make changes. And they read the book and they sent me back a note saying, we liked your book way more than we thought we were going to. <laughs> and uh, we like your idea for your second book too, so we want to make you a two-book deal. So nice. now they, they have the ability to name the book and we're working on that now but it'll be fall of 2016 for book 1 and it'll be fall of 2017 for book 2 which will be a book about closing and it'll be about commitment gaining for grown-ups who can't ask people to do a ben franklin close and draw a uh,
1: line down a <laughs> piece of paper so you mean that doesn't work uh, I, I wouldn't try it <laughs> he, he's Anthony areno you need to find him at the sales blog congratulations got a brand new book and now it looks like two coming from portfolio later in the year that's gonna be great stuff and then later this week virtual sales kickoff dot com you need to be a part of that I can assure you you're gonna you're gonna get jazzed at that kickoff like you've not been jazzed and your career is gonna take a left turn really wanna encourage you to be a part of that Anthony hey thanks for your time man I know you're a busy guy Thanks for being on episode number eighty-five of BizLocker Radio. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Good to see you as always. Oh, you bet. Hey, we're going to take our final time out. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll do the X's and O's segment. My buddy Miles Austin will join me, and we'll uh, talk about a brand new productivity tool. This one's interesting today. If you're in sales, stick around. I think you're going to find something about this that you're going to like. But uh, we'll do that after the break. This is BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back
2: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
3: This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly
1: Riggs. Now, yeah, Dan Walshman, I love that guy. He is so awesome. You've been on the show a couple of times. Hey, welcome back. It's the X is No segment with Miles Austin, my good buddy out in Seattle. It's brought to you by Rehearsal VRP. Rehearsal.com, a safe place to practice communication with customers and colleagues. I tell you, it is a phenomenal tool, absolutely phenomenal tool for your people to learn how to do what they need to do in front of a client before they get in front of the client. Yeah, it's role play. And back in the day, they used to make us do role play. Now, Salespeople, you know, they get all embarrassed and they don't, you know, all that nonsense. But now you've got a tool where you can practice real-life scenarios right on a computer platform, and it is so cost-effective, it is absolutely stunning. Go visit the guys at rehearsal.com. Send an email to Jeff Curlis, the sales director over there. Tell him Kelly Riggs sent you, and uh, you're going to be glad that you did. Thanks for listening to BizLocker Radio. You can find us at bizlockerradio.com. Again, I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. And uh, I am the president and the founder of the Business Locker Room, and of course, uh, we we work in the field of sales, sales leadership, and leadership as well. And I welcome in my good buddy Miles Austin, fillthefunnel.com, and if you're not on Blab, he's always got the coolest backgrounds on the planet. I want when I grow up, eventually, I want to be like Miles Austin. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Man, that's that's a low bar, buddy. <laughs> That's a low mark. <laughs> you are settling for very low margins there. Yes. Now, I tell you what, let me get it out of the way. I feel, feel badly for your Seattle Seahawks. They kind of got punked in the first half, uh, but they, uh, they acquitted themselves quite well in the second half, made a game out of it, came up a little short. So uh, maybe next year, right?
0: Hey, and there's always next year, right? Yeah. Disappointing game. I think, uh, you know, we've talked that, you know, it's one of those things. I just, not enough, man. And you can't wait. I think, uh, our coach has a saying: You don't win the game in the first quarter. You don't win the game in the second quarter. You don't win it in the third quarter. You win it in the fourth quarter. Well, we won the third and the fourth. We we completely got blown out in the first two. So, well, move yeah. on, buddy. I don't want to hear. i I grew up in Denver, so I still have a team uh, in the dance, and uh, it'll be fun to cheer for my Broncos. Oh yeah, you're you're one of those kind of fans. If your guy's not
1: in it, you've got another team. It happens every year. It's different well, every year.
0: Depends absolutely. on the. It's either that, or I'd be embarrassed if I had to <laughs> publicly. I'm a New England Patriots fan. Oh, uh, I, I am a New England Patriots fan. That's right. I'm proud of it. What are you gonna What are you gonna blame this year?
1: You can't blame You Can't blame video. What are you gonna blame this year? I mean, like, all I'm they sure do is win. I'm sure
0: it's the refs. I'm sure it's the refs. The all, refs all are always screwing win. them.
1: Yeah. All they do is win. How How many AFC championships? Come on. All they do is win. No, hey. it's uh. It's been an exciting football season. You know, something you just said, though, reminds me of something. I I, I play poker tournaments, and uh, we always say you cannot win the poker tournament in the first hour, but you can definitely lose it in the first hour, right? And I think maybe that's uh, what happened to the Seahawks. You can't get behind anybody 31 to nothing and have a whole lot of opportunity to come back and win the game. So maybe there's some lessons there. Hey, you've got a great new tool for us this week. And uh, it, it covers something interesting. I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you introduce it to uh, the people
0: listening. Sure. Actually, we have two of them based on what platforms you're using. But um, and let me just let me set it up this way, Kelly. I'm you know I grew up in an era when I was younger, where mail, snail mail, handwritten notes, and all of that were still the norm. It was actually the expectation. And obviously, it's been a long time, very frankly, and I hate to even admit it, that I've written a handwritten note of thank you, of appreciation, of support, whatever it might be. But I know when I get one, it makes me sit back and just visualize the person that sent it to me. It's a very effective way to get your point across and to make an impression with the sure. person you're communicating with. Okay. Do you agree with that? At 100%. 100%. So, he, so here's the magic, you know one of my favorite sayings that I use in a lot of my coaching is tech the tedious. The problem I find is I got to first of all go find my note cards or my stationery or whatever and I usually can't right away or if I'm traveling I don't have it with me. This is an example where tech is going to take away the tediousness of writing personalized custom handwritten notes. The one I want to point everyone to first is a company called Bond, B-O-N-D. It's an h-t-t-p-s slash bond.com. And I would also compliment them. If you want to see an effective, powerful, storytelling website, this site will blow your mind. The reason I say that, it's visual, it's video, you can interact. You can send them information, and in this case, this is something you really want to get in your hand, right? It's a tactile feel kind of thing. You can request a sample right from that front page. So go to bond.com, HTTPS. So hang on, let me
1: stop you right there. Isn't it bond.co?
0: Um, could be. Did I mess that one up? What did I yeah, say? Yeah, I, I,
1: I think it's bond.co.
0: Yeah, it is .co. I apologize. Thank you. For no, that. no worries. Because uh, I test. went,
1: I went to bond.com, and it went. What are you doing here? That doesn't even <laughs> exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, bond.co. <But> you're <laughs> right. That website is crazy. It, it is really well done, and I love it. Because what it does immediately, Kelly, it shows you in video and pictures what this thing is all about. It wow. shows the cool machine. It shows how it writes it. It shows how you enter the information, and it is really powerful. I love this. Now, this isn't free, right? I mean, there is a service, and I... I'm not going to quote prices, I'll say generally. I think it's about 3 bucks to get a card sent if you just do one at a time. Right. But if you figure in the postage and a nice piece of stationery and all that, actually, it's not bad. So, and you can, they have something in there called Black is one of the options. So there's a business option. There's something called Black, which really intrigued me because (laughs) BondBlack.com is something brand new that they're coming out with. is like really the exclusive. This is high-end custom paper. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of things like fountain pens. I just never can use them because I don't ever have them with me, right? right. So just check out Bond uh, Bond Black. Just check out that black option for something in the future. But again, what you'll see is a fantastic video, excellent job, very custom, wow. very high-end. So, you know, yeah. some people will say maybe it's for your attorney to use or your CPA. I'm just convinced that when you have a client in business, especially B2B, that you want to impress and you want to give them either a thank you or get them an introduction in the right way, this thing is going to blow their mind.
1: It is. And by the way, yes, <coughs> for that one, it is indeed bondblack.com instead of co. So they, they are different. Man, you, you got to go to the website just to see the website. I mean, I've never seen anything that dynamic and that cool in the way they do that. So what they do, I guess, Miles, if I'm interpreting what I'm seeing is I type in what I want. They translate my typing into real, genuine, handwritten note. And it's cool to watch how they do that. And then they send it out for me and everything. And it's just like they've gotten a handwritten note. Now, I guess the natural question is going to be, really? Why wouldn't I just get my own note and do it myself? But I think you kind of alluded to that. Cover that ground
0: again. Well, I think, look, the challenges you got to find. First of all, you have to have the good stationery, the quality stuff that makes people go, wow. Yeah. You have to have it with you. In a mobile world we all live in, I mean, Kelly, how about you? How many times are you sitting at your desk at home? Um, Or in your office, pulling out your fancy stationery to write a thank you note. That's why I don't send them, very frankly. I can never put my hands on the darn things. Or I've got a big pen that I just borrowed from the bank. That doesn't look real good, right? (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows you're cheap. (laughs) I know. I don't have any stamps with me, so I put it in my briefcase. At the end of the week, going through two or three airports, I get home, I pull out all my stuff to kind of clean it out. And here's this envelope. If I did have a thank you card in there, but it's all beat up now and it's scuffed and has uh, uh, scone crumbs on it from from whatever in my travels, right? So the coffee stage. Yeah. I mean, this is something you can have an opera You can literally hang up your phone. You can integrate. By the way, go check out the integration with what happened. So let me get the other one in here because they both kind of do the same thing. They're just a little bit different approach. but. The other thing about Black is you can do it from a mobile device, which I think is really powerful. The other tool, though, for those of you that are listening that have um, an Apple product, iPhone, tablet, whatever it might be, um, go check out Felt, F-E-L-T, handwritten cards and photos. Uh, But just search for Felt handwritten cards on on your uh, Apple store. It's pretty much the same thing. The big difference here is is you get a screen um, on your phone or your tablet, your iPad, And you literally write everything out with your finger on the screen. So it is 100% copying what you've just written. I personally don't like this as much because when I write things on my screen, it looks like a three-year-old did it or worse. So (laughs) it it doesn't look as – the quality isn't as there. But what I like about these guys is when you get into it and you start exploring it through and look at the samples in the the iPhone, they have – a lot different graphical look, So you can put like a series of three or four images in a card that opens up like an accordion, right? So, And you've got a bunch of different um, patterns and photos and images and things you can pick from or add your own. But it gives you something that's, that's a different experience than just that Bond personal note card kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's really uh, interesting. Hey, well, I tell you, it hurts my feelings though. I'm now so in love with the Bond thing, and I'm a Mac user, so I'm I'm kind of hosed, right? I can't use Bond if I'm a Mac guy. I
0: think you can, can't you? I don't know. I, oh, can you? Okay, yeah. you're just showing us two different kinds, not necessarily for the different platforms. Okay. Right. Because right. Because some people, again, that are that are just they all they don't maybe they don't have an office. Maybe they don't have a desktop. It's just a laptop or even an iPhone or an iPad. Ah, gotcha. That's something you can do. The good part about the felt piece is. You can do it right on the fly, boom. You can do it in the car after you left the office. You can do it while you're at the earth. So you can crank these things out. I think personally that the Felt uh, app on your phone or your your iPad would maybe be more suitable for some kind of a visual or a graphics company or maybe a marketing agency because there's more of a visual look and feel and the accordion styles and all that. A little bit more of the creative kind of capability. The reason that I liked Bond um, was it just looks – very. I showed this to a friend, and I sent him a card, and he said, the first thing I thought was my attorney needs money (laughs) because it's that kind of substance. It just looks good. It's high-quality stationery. It's high-quality ink. I mean, it looks really nice. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely right. Well, hey, let me just spell one of those things
1: that are out there. As a sales guy, I've always taught salespeople that if you want to differentiate yourself, pick up a pen and and write a handwritten note. First thing they always ask me, without fail, 100% of the time, can I send an email? Sure, you can send an email. Not the same. There is nothing quite like getting, especially now in a digital age, a handwritten note, but it's always been true. And if you have, you know, something polite, something kind to say to people, and you say it in a handwritten form and you send it to them personally, absolutely phenomenal results. And I can assure you, Miles, nobody's doing it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, believe me, I've been playing with Bond now for about a month, kind of, you know, testing it. And I've, you know, by the way, everyone that goes to that site, request a sample, okay? I mean, you're going to get something in the mail. If, if, when you get this and you touch it and feel it, Kelly, there is no question. You're going to go, wow, I want to do this. And if it's a buck, if it's three bucks, whatever the price is based on the volume you do, it is a very worthwhile investment from my perspective, anyway. Uh, as another example, you know, it's easy on electronic, on social media to like people's pages or posts or, you know, here I'm glad to hit, you know, um, hit uh, props and all that. Well, that's great. And it's really always appreciated. Don't get me wrong. So, million dollar bill, thank you for your props. But, <laughs> but the point is, Think what happens, Kelly. If you bought, you've now won what uh, number eighty-five, I think. Eighty-five. Today. You bet. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you get a handwritten note from someone just saying, "Kelly, I just want to tell you, I, I listen as often as I can to your podcast. I download when I can. I watch Blab when I can. I just want to tell you, I appreciate the work and the effort you put into it. And you get that as a handwritten note. For me, yeah. that's going up on the wall. Yeah, I'm gonna frame that one. Well,
1: hey, I really do appreciate, it. folks. Be different, be more professional, stand out like a sore thumb. Be that guy, be a pro. Bond.co and go check it out. Get yourself a free sample. Hey, that's going to wrap it up. You heard Miles refer to it. It's episode number 85. It's in the can. Anthony Anarino was our guest. We talked about a great new tool with my friend Miles Austin in the X's and O's segment. Great to have you. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can download it and listen to it in the car. That's going to wrap it up. BizLockerRadio.com is where you can find us. You can follow me online at Kelly Riggs. Special thanks to Miles Austin and also to Michael Circuit on the other side of the glass, engineering for us, making us sound better than we really are. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time on Biz Radio.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.